Yo, what's up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of the Lifting Lives podcast. I'm glad you're listening and glad you made it. Um, we have an amazing guest today. His name's Alan Stokes, and yeah, I'll let you. I'll introduce that later. But if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave me a rating. It really does help, and I might shout one of you guys out whenever uh, you guys leave a comment or something. But yeah, I hope you guys do enjoy the episode. It's really amazing, and stay till the end. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are here with another special guest, and his name is Alan Stokes. And so we are right. We are really stoked to be on this podcast, right, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Alan Stokes. Uh, I'm super pumped to be on here, and let's get it going. Yeah, for sure. So he is a D1 athlete, and he he does golf. And so if you want to tell them about that, or you know, tell them something about how God has affected you in that like sense of sports. Yeah, so ever since I could walk, um, I've been playing golf. Like, I've got pictures of me in diapers on the golf course putting. Um, And so, you know, just my whole entire life, I've grown up doing it. And um, within the past couple of years, I've really tried to incorporate God in everything that I do, including golf. And um, everywhere that I've been, everywhere he's taken me, um, all the opportunities I've had, it's all glory to him. And, um, just, I make sure in everything that I do on the course, off the course with my teammates, I want them to see the love that God has for them through me. Um, I know since I golf at like a non-Christian school and I'm in a non-Christian conference and all those different things, um, a lot of those kids don't know God. They've never had a genuine interaction with a person who truly knows God and loves God. And so I just make sure every single time I'm playing with them and, you know, like interacting with them that they see the love that Christ has uh, through me. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit more about your upbringing. I mean, not just through golf or whatever it is, but like how you inc- like just like came to Christ and like or if your family brought you up in it or what, what you're all about. Yeah, so. A little bit of like a snippet of my testimony. Um, I grew up in church uh, with a family that loves the Lord. um, And I really fell away around high school. Um, I was in a biology class and they were talking about evolution. And it just really made me think, you know, like, why do I believe what I believe? Um, And so I went on this like really long journey of trying to find the truth and, um, I ended up finding Christ through it. Um, it took a few like really big um, incidents in my life to where I got brought to rock bottom. But at rock bottom in my life, I realized that I needed to make God the rock of my life instead of all the other things I was idolizing. And um, it wasn't until about a little bit over a year and a half ago that I truly like came to live for him and like yeah. know him. Same here. I mean, like... So with me, it was big about quarantine and like, it's like huge about whenever I, so yeah, freshman and sophomore year, like I was a mess. Like I'm just saying the way I live my life, I would go to school every day, you know, I would cuss and all that stuff. And I just, I was, didn't have the right friends. I didn't, you know, I just did whatever. I didn't smoke, drink or whatever, but I still went and partied and quarantine really hit me. And I think that something with me at least was I was sitting here and I was like, huh, like, what am I going to do? Like, I just opened my Bible and and God just like led me down this long path of just getting into him. And I don't know if it was the same for you, but I feel like whenever we're God, like he makes us like sit down and like makes us follow him, then we really just get deep into it. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Quarantine did have a big part to play. 
um, cause I was going through a really rough time and, uh, I was isolated and it just kind of forced me to find God. Yeah, for sure. So what is one thing you like struggle with in your, like maybe not your faith, but in your daily life that you have found that God can include in your life or that God has helped you? Um, I think probably just like prioritizing God in my daily life. I mean, especially whenever I'm in like college, you got to think I'm taking like 15 hours a semester plus having to golf like 20 to 40 hours per week plus like sleeping and homework. I'm a mathematical sciences major. So like I'm just always busy and like, you know, I just time management is so key, but I would have a really hard time prioritizing God through all of it. And so one thing that he's really helped me with is like just involving him in my daily routine and prioritizing him throughout my day to where I'm not idolizing the things of this world or the things that I see in my daily life that everyone prioritizes. Um, And it's just so easy to involve God in all of it and, you know, glorify him through all of it. And instead of that time being taken away from me spending it with God, I can grow closer with him through all of it. Yeah, I think that's something that I struggle with personally is like really finding time for God or just really find time for the most important things in my life. Like for me, reading or like things like spending time with my family, like I feel like this world is so go, 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 go that we never spend time with the really important stuff in our life that should be number one in priority. So, I mean, like I made a TikTok the other day and it was like, what's my top 10? If you guys don't know, like that, it's like a kind of like a trend right now. Where you make like your top 10 and mine was like God, family and like some other stuff. But like I see myself and if it's my number one and my number two, then why am I putting them last on the list? Or like, you know, I put a lot of things before that in my daily lives. Like if that's my top three or one, two and three, those should be the number one. Like that should be the things I do in my daily life. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird because I see myself like doing putting working out or doing something else, talking to my friends in front of the things that are more important. I heard a um an analogy one time that really helped me put it into perspective as to how we should live our daily lives for God. Yeah. I used to think that you know like let's say for example I do golf, I do TikTok, I do school, you know I spend time with God and stuff, and I used to think that you know I would have to spend such and such amount of time with God and then this amount of time with golf, this time with school. But I realize it's not sectioned off like that. It's more so like a dresser drawer and you put God in all of the different dresser drawers. Like I put God in golf. I put God in school. I put God in like all the activities that I do. Instead of it being separated from the time that I spend with God, it's included and involved all for his glory. Got you. Um, what is like a way do you think that you can, cause like for me, I've learned is like a lot of ways that I've, I include God is all through my habit. Like I'm saying, I have to habit myself to put him into those dresser drawers or put him in my daily yeah. life. So like, what is one way you've learned that is like an easy way or like something you try to do that has like inhabited you to just like keep God in your life? I think you should look at like the fruits of the spirit 
and try and incorporate those in how you live because that's a part of being a believer. You know, we get those things as being a believer. And so as we go about our daily walk in like the midst of other people, Second Corinthians 5.20 calls us as ambassadors for Christ, which if you don't know the definition of an ambassador, it's someone who goes out into a foreign land to represent their country or their place where they're from. And so in the same way, whenever we're called to be ambassadors for Christ, we're people sent into this broken and lost world to represent Christ and the gospel and like what he represents. And so as we go about our daily lives, I think it's very important to, you know, love people in the way that Christ loves them and be kind and gentle to them and, and you know, like pray for them and, and, you know, just genuinely care for them in ways that other people, the rest of the world wouldn't. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that we really need to focus on. And I think that's something that I've been trying to like myself. And I think a lot of people could focus on them themselves. I, for me personally, it's like that mindfulness. I think that we need to come to the sense that we need to be more mindful of what's happening in our daily lives. I think a lot of us just go and we don't even know what's happening. Like we're just like, we just kind of just go and nonchalant and just like, cause it's our daily lives. Like yeah. we just kind of go to the gym every day and we kind of just throw up the same weight or we, we go and we talk to the same friends. Like I think we need to be more mindful and just say, Hey, all right, I'm going to include this this time. All right. Oh, I, I have an opportunity here to talk to this person. Yes. I mean, personally for like, me and like with you and maybe in golf you meet a lot of new people don't you like i'm saying like for me that's the the gym to me like so i can meet so many new people and so for me i take that as an opportunity like i take that and say hey i could just i could have done that for god oh i could have like introduced them to god or whatever and i don't know if you have any like stories or anything of like or like times where you're like oh i could have done this for god or oh i you know did this for god yeah um, I know that there are definitely like instances where I'll, I'll pray and be like, you know, God, let me do something. I'll feel led to, you know, like go up and talk to somebody. Um, and I didn't do it, but if that is the case, I always pray that I see them again. And God is such a good God. I typically see them again yeah. and I'm able to talk to them and stuff. Um, but back to what we were talking about, I think the main thing in being able to do that and staying you know, focused on God and stuff is like, we just have to be focused. And I know I just said that, but like, you mean, we really have to like focus on him and slow down and stop rushing ourselves. Jesus never ran anywhere. You can look in the Bible, like no one's like rushed to do something. God's timing is perfect. And a lot of times we'll try and rush God's timing or rush all these different things instead of just slowing down and focusing on God and glorifying him and what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something we learn and some I've tried to like at least incorporate in my life is patience. I think that there's not much patience in this world that not a lot of people can just sit down and like, like just like sitting with God and just saying, Hey, I'm going to be your child. Like just sitting there and having patience in him. And that's what I've learned is my faith. If I, if I don't trust him, I try to rush and do things myself. Then I don't truly have faith in him. And so for me, I don't worry about my next couple steps. I don't worry about my next day because that is what faith is. And I mean, if faith is trusting in someone, trusting in what they give you, and that's what God is, you have the faith in God that he will offer you the opportunity and God will give you this chance to do something. And 
that's something I've been very blessed with is to have that opportunity to not have that like stressed out mind or any anxious mind. Like for me, I say, all right, God, do whatever you're going to do. And I don't worry. I try not to worry about the next couple of minutes, days, whatever. I just let him do his thing because I know if I have faith in him and I truly like believe in what the Bible says that he will offer me, he will give me those opportunities. And like you said, if I'm not patient and I don't just let him do his thing, then I will do things that are like very much fleshly than, than yep. the other ways. But another question for you is like, what is one way God has like truly changed your life from going to a certain way or like, what is one way God that you see? The most evident change in my entire life has to be whenever I started TikTok. And what I mean by that is um, I was never one who liked social media. I had like 20 followers on Instagram. I never posted like I was not good with social media. I didn't want to do anything with social media. And so God used TikTok in my life during like quarantine to help me build like this desire to grow in my relationship with him. And around like August of last year. I remember I was watching TikTok and I felt God tell me, you should do this. And I was like, no, God, you got the wrong guy. Like, I'm not as knowledgeable about the Bible as these guys. And like, you know, this isn't something I really want to do. And I would open up TikTok every single time. I have so much conviction. I couldn't even watch TikTok for a month. And finally, I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to do this. And uh, I posted my first video and I went from 13 followers to 12 followers. I actually lost a <laughs> follower. And uh, I just thought it was so funny. I was sitting there thanking God for everything. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy because over the past, a little bit over a year of me doing TikTok, I mean, I've been able to meet so many amazing people. Um, God has really put community in my life and he's blessed me tremendously, not like physically or like monetarily or anything, but like just spiritually and the friends and community and people he's placed in my life. Like God is so good, bro. And I just say TikTok because of how many doors he's opened up through me obeying the call, despite me not wanting to do it. Um, and that's another point I'd like to make. If you feel like God's calling you to do something and you feel like it's not for you. I mean, even Moses, whenever he was called to talk to Pharaoh, he said, God, you got the wrong guy. I, I stutter. Are you sure you yeah. want to choose me? And that was kind of like me with social media. I was like, God, like you got the wrong guy. Um, but he doesn't like call the equipped. He equips the called. And we just have to like step into it in faith and just be obedient to God. He's going to bless you with it in whatever way he decides to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's a really great point. I think that's a, something that we need to truly like just put into our lives that not all of us are going to be 100% like like you said equipped for the job. I mean, most of the time like for me starting something, like most of the time I'm not going to be equipped or I'm not the best or you got to realize that like with you in golf, like whenever you were younger, that's like you saying I'm going to be professional at 12. I'm going to be like this pro at like 13. No, but God get made a calling on your life, even though you weren't the best at the time, even though you weren't fully equipped with the, you know, what you had to do to become a professional, you worked over time. And that's what you got to realize is you just got to start. And I think that's something that we all struggle with is procrastination and just starting. That's something that I, I've told myself. I said, just start. God, like I, God will provide. Like you say, he will equip you with what you need, but you have to start. You have to have that faith. You have to have, to have that faith that he will 
help you out in those times. But um, another thing that I want to know is how do you get over those struggles in like golf? You have a bad day or like, or sports in general, like how, cause I have a lot of friends that go in sports. Um, so how did you get over that and like still rejoice God whenever you had a bad score, or like your parents get on you? I think the main thing, because I struggled this a lot growing up, like everyone in my life based their love for me or like how they treated me off of how I scored. And so for a long time, up until like a year and a half ago, my value was found in that. But now like knowing God and understanding that, I realize that whether I have a good round or bad round, first place or last place, like God still loves me. And my value is not found in my golf score. I could easily let that control me, my performance, all those different things. But it's a temporary sport. It's hitting a, it's hitting a white little ball on like, a piece of grass into a hole in the middle of a field. I mean, if you really think about it, if you put it in perspective and like, it's not near like worth comparing to like God and who he is and the value I have in him, though I do that, my value isn't founding the blessings that God's given me, whether it be TikTok platform or like golfing, it's founding God himself and God never changes based off of what I score. Yeah. That's truly amazing. Um, as with me, I was a very, you know, I still play some sports here and there, but like, I think that I would seek my parents' approval off of that score, or I would, you know, I would have to win for them to like be happy. Yeah. And I think that's something we got to realize with God in this sense. Like he doesn't care if you, you know, go beat this guy or go get this score. Like he still loves you. Yeah. And I think that's like, what we all need to see in him that even whenever we mess up and we sin and we do all these bad things that we don't deserve his love again that he still loves us yep. he still doesn't care that you know you messed up or you did you you didn't beat that guy he still loves you i think that's a lot of people got to understand that is like they think that they do one bad thing or they're not christian enough or whatever it is that god's not gonna love them and i think that's what some people just got to realize that is he loves you truly and that's why he died on the cross for you so yeah Absolutely. um one more little question real quick what um what is like a story or something that you would have to say to a non-believer or like a tiktok t like story that you led a non-believer to or like what is something that you would tell a non-believer to help them find god I think it's more situational based. Some people come to the knowledge of Christ sort of like I did through like scientific and like archaeological evidence. So if it's one of those people, yeah. they're going to want to see evidence. Um, some people, if they're going through a really hard time and you struggle with something similar, like let's say you struggled with depression and had like suicidal thoughts and you see someone going through that you can tell them, you know, like, hey, I was dealing with that. And, you know, like, God's really helped me with this. And, like, he's the solution. Nothing else you find. Um, I think one thing for me, though, is I was trying to find fulfillment and all these different things. And there's a story about Tom Brady. After he won his third Super Bowl, the reporters asked him how he felt. And, you know, of course, you know, just winning your third Super Bowl, probably already becoming the greatest quarterback in NFL history at that point. He looks at them and he said he felt empty, which is completely opposite of what you would expect him to say. I mean, this man literally had a supermodel wife, lived in a mansion, millionaire, fame, greatest quarterback of all time, just won his third Super Bowl, and he said he felt empty. 
And I know that everyone, regardless of what it is, though you get temporary pleasure from the things of this world, it wears off. And you can seek it as hard as you want, but you're always going to feel empty. You could literally have everything that the world promises would make you happy, like Tom Brady, and still feel empty because only God can fulfill you. And everyone is seeking it in some way because they know that they want to be fulfilled and they just drastically, you know, just grasp at it and try and grab it. And they get deeper and deeper in like this emptiness and are worse off than where they started trying to find happiness in the things of this world. And so I think that something you can always reach people with is is they feel that emptiness, whether they admit it or not, whether they ignore it or not. Everyone in their life that doesn't have God feels empty. Yeah, exactly. I think that we got to realize that it's like this world is very temporary. This world that, you know, you can look at almost every relationship. A lot of relationships our age are temporary. Like we just go for eight to 10 months and it's all temporary. I think that's, we have to realize that if you want eternal happiness, you want eternal joy and you want a place to stay internally, that is God. That's heaven. Like you have to accept your life into that. I think that's something that is very hard and they don't, a lot of people don't realize how simple it is too. Like it's just a prayer. It's just like you giving your heart to God. Um, but to step a little bit a different a different note, what is like some type scientific? You said you're like a scientific like type of like yeah. person. You're a very fact person. What is like a scientific way that you like you saw like science of it, but then mm-hmm. you're like, oh wait a minute, like this doesn't add up. This is like actually like God. Yeah. Like what is one study or something you did? So one of the bigger things for me was Stephen Hawking had this seminar. And, you know, Stephen Hawking's an extremely intelligent guy, um, but he's basically said that all of the cosmos, everything that we see, which is like all of outer space, solar systems, everything in existence right now, was at once pure gravity. But the problem that I have with this is it doesn't make any sense logically because there's only one place that we see pure gravity in all of the entire world, and it's not on the Earth. The Earth's gravitational pull is negative 9.81 meters per second squared, but pure gravity is actually found in black holes. The funny thing about black holes is that their gravitational pull is so strong that everything disintegrates that enters it. Not even light can escape it or exist within it. So if all of the cosmos and everything within it is pure gravity, as Stephen Hawking theorized, then what you have to understand is that even if it gradually like lowers over time, which could have happened, there would be nothing for the Big Bang to happen. There would be no particles in existence. Nothing could have existed through the pure gravitational pull. And that directly contradicts the second law of thermodynamics where energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It doesn't make any logical sense for that to be what happens. And as I researched, as I scratched the surface, it looked like, you know, God wasn't real. But the deeper you dig into it, It takes way more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a believer in Christ. But the problem is that people are more concerned about looking smart than finding the truth. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't realize you knew all that. That's crazy. Um, Yes. So with that, do you think a lot of these like scientists and all of that, do you think they know anything about God and they just want to deny it just so they can some type of, you know, popularity? Or what do you think like their reasoning is behind being an atheist or going scientific? I love this question 
because I heard this story. I go to like, you know, like a state university. And so um, in one of my math classes, we heard about the mathematician Pythagoras, you know, Pythagorean theorem, all those different things. I'm sure you've heard of it. And um, the funny thing about him is that he theorized that all numbers were rational. And everyone regarded him as like the smartest dude of his time. But one of the students underneath his tutelage actually told him, uh, you know, I think that they're irrational numbers and you're showing him stuff. And so Pythagoras told him, you know, like, hey, let's go out to the river this weekend on a boat and let's just discuss it. And so they did. And Pythagoras ended up drowning the dude because he was more concerned about the way that people perceived him and how smart he was compared to actually finding the truth. Um, I don't know whether this is true or whether it's like, you know, just a random story, but the guy presented it to me as fact. And, you know, through the story, I really realized that there are a lot of people out there who are more concerned about their public appearance or what people think about them than they are actually finding the truth. And it's more about them. Um, in fact, you'll find that a lot of the strongest atheists were once Christians. And I think the reason why that is, is because most of the people who hate God more as atheists rather than just not believing in him, either blame God for something that happened in their life, or they had a really bad experience with Christians in the church. And so they have like a lot of hurt there. And instead of dealing with it properly through God, they blame God for it and they hate God and Christians and all these different things. And so they just want to try and disprove God, even though they feel like he might be real. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, just another another question. I, I mean, might as well. Mm-hmm. What is one like one message that you have for maybe kids our age or even just like anyone that struggles with that public appearance? Like they'd rather be, they'd be rather be popular. Or they'd rather have a good public experience than believe in the truth or even like walk the way, walk in faith. I guess. You can't walk with God halfway. You are called Luke 9.23, my favorite verse of all time, because it really woke me up in how I was living. It says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross daily and follow me. And what a lot of people don't understand is that the cross that Jesus carried was 300 pounds. This isn't meant to be like some easy walk, but it's a daily effort to deny yourself of your own fleshly wants and desires and pick up your cross and follow him. And so throughout your walk with Christ, you know, there's even a verse that says, you know, like, if you're ashamed of me, I'll also be ashamed to talk about you to my father on judgment day. Like, yeah. this is so serious. We shouldn't be ashamed of God. Romans 1 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for is the power of God to save the world. And so what we have to do as believers is be more concerned about people's eternal life than we are about their perception about us. Because this isn't like a, a five or 10 year thing. In fact, John Piper's son uh, is a huge atheist on TikTok, almost a million followers. And he said, as a believer, if you are a believer in Christ, you shouldn't be able to do anything like eat, sleep, play top golf, whatever it is. Like you shouldn't be able to do that stuff without just trying to tell everyone about Jesus. If you truly believe that an eternity in hell awaits those who do not know him. Yeah. And it's like we have to have this sense of urgency as Christians to not care about what the world thinks about us. You aren't ever going to be able to please everyone at one time. Someone's always going to be upset with you. So you might as well work on pleasing God because that's all that matters. And, you know, just have the sense of urgency and spreading the gospel and the truth to them. Because this isn't like a five or ten year mistake or like, you know, one of those things. This is literally their eternal life, either spending it with God or 
or separated from him. Yeah. I think that a lot of people don't realize that. Like, there's no reality check in those things. Even with our, even Christians, myself, or a lot of just Christians are our age or just in general in the church. Like, I think that we just deal with comfort. I think it's just because we're comfortable with it. You know, whenever we have to go tell those person that we have to go tell those people that they're going to live a hell in eternity, that that's not very comfortable. Like imagine me coming up to you and you're not a believer. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to go to hell for eternity. Like you're going to burn to yeah. death. And, um, I forget, I don't know if it was you, but you said the number one, the number one, like pain in the world is burning. Yeah. And so, and like for me that was that's like crazy like how are we as christians gonna just like be comfortable and say yeah i'm going to heaven like that's cool i mean like that is so selfish of us that we're gonna let those people even the ones we love go feel the most painful thing in this world just because we were scared just because we didn't want to get out of our box just because we didn't want to get of our little little comfort zone i think that's something that i've learned is like with me and what I've, I've heard, I forget who it's from, but it says growth and growth and comfort cannot coincide with each other. And so that's something we have to realize. If we want to grow our kingdom and we want to grow the, the word of God and we want to grow our just like our group of friends that are religious, we have to get uncomfortable. And we it's going to be uncomfortable at times because yep. we can't grow and be comfortable at the same time. That's like you saying you're going to go lift some weight and but then go eat, you know, go sit on your bed all day. Like, no, you have to be uncomfortable. And that's the only way you're going to grow. Um. What is like a word for someone that maybe struggle, like that's never heard about the gospel, never really heard anything, like not in a sense, you know, a lot of people probably bring them a lot of biblical stuff. What is like a simple like way you could help someone like that never heard the gospel? Never heard the gospel. Uh, I think the thing is that, you know, a lot of religions teach to live a good life and you'll be good enough to get into heaven. But that's not what the gospel's about. You see, the thing is that like, I'm not good enough to get into heaven. You aren't. Nobody is. Neither are Christians. Christians aren't better than non-believers, but they're better off. And what I mean by that is, you know, like Romans 3.23 says, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm not inherently good compared to who God is and so I can't earn my way into heaven if that was possible then why would Jesus have to come down and die on the cross for our sins Mm -hmm. and so what we have to understand is it's instead of like having pride and thinking that you can live this certain way or living a good life it's about humbling yourself and understanding that you aren't worthy of that but that's okay because God's out there and he loves you unconditionally regardless of your past and there is fulfillment to be to be found through him that the world can't. The devil feeds us the number one lie that the things of this world will fulfill us in ways that God can never. Mm-hmm. And it's the biggest lie because the emptiness and the void you have in your heart can only be truly, completely filled by God himself. Yeah. That's why I mean, like going back to the Tom Brady story, I mean, like, you can't be filled by any amount of just like anything, really. I think that 
that's something that we really have to focus on is like stop trying to fulfill yourself with temporary things like yep. i think we all just try to fill, fill ourselves with like a temporary person or a temporary like feeling and i think that's why a lot of like kids in high school or even college like go to drinking and like go to smoking and all that because they they want to feel that temporary like happiness mm -hmm. and like i was talking about with olivia is like like she said, happiness is is temporary, but joy yep. is forever. If you realize someone that's drunk, they're happy for a little bit. They're, you know, they they find a little bit of happiness here and there, but that's so temporary. And I mean, it goes for a lot of things, not just like alcohol or like you know doing all that stuff, but just like that temporary fulfillment. That is that is such a lie to think that you're gonna find like joy in that, like actually yep. actually find joy in that. Um another quick question is what is like one thing that you push yourself through like saying training and golf and like when you're having mm -hmm. a bad day like how do you truly find god or just like push yourself to continue to go each time i think a lot of it has to do with even though i don't understand what i'm going through i'm gonna get continued to seek God. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. And then Romans 8 28 goes on to say, everything happens for the good of those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, and so even though I don't understand why I'm going through those things, I don't see it from God's perspective. And I may never understand it. Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9 say, Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are, why, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. If we think that we have to understand why God does everything in our life, that puts us on his level, and we just aren't. There are some things that God's going to do in our life that we will never understand. We'll never get an answer for but what we do know is the promise that it's all happening for our good. God's going to be able to use it to glorify him, to build us up in him. Um, I mean, even James 1, 2 through 4, count all joy whenever you experience trials of various kinds. They build us up and root us firmly in our faith. And so though we don't understand it or the purpose behind it, we just have to trust in God. It's that faith factor of just, you know, like trusting him, seeking him, and just knowing that he's in control of all of it, despite the outcome not being what you want it to be. Yeah, for sure. And that's like we were speaking on before that. That's just like that faith factor. Like you were saying, it is truly amazing once you, you know, you struggle with some, say you're going through a struggle with a bat, a slump in golf, or you're, you're going through a problem with your family. When you truly like, just give it to God. Like I'm saying, when you just say, all right, God, I'm going to stop worrying about it. Yes, will you still have thoughts? Yes, will you still you to be like, dang, I wish I could have done this. But like when you truly give, it's like you getting saved. When you truly give your heart and say, God, this problem, I'm going to give it to you fully like like heartfelt like i'm gonna give it all to you you will see a change it may not be for a week it may not be for you know a month but like you said god will make a change god will change that life and he yep. you gotta trust in his steps and his timing but for me like whenever i'm going through those hard times like say like for you and golfing or whatever for it's for me for working out I look at it as whenever I'm struggling and I'm like, I'm done. Like I can't, my body's telling me to stop whatever it is. I'm like, I look at the vision. I'll have this vision in my mind where I forget where I got it from, but it was a motivational speech, I think. And it's like, it was saying, 
if God can put that on your back, if he can put a cross on his back and carrying it up a mountain, a 300-pound cross, like you said, that's 300 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Yep. And he was already torn, bruised, like cut. Like he was already beaten. Like he probably couldn't even – he shouldn't have been able to carry anything really. Um, if he can put that cross on his back and carry it up a mountain, then I can finish this set. I can finish this round. Yep. I can – I you know, me and God can do this. I said, what am I doing whenever that man walked up a mountain, slaughtered, got nails in his hand, knowing he was going to die, but I can't finish this. That just is such an excuse. And for me, it's just like, that's what I do whenever I'm down and I'm like, I can't finish. I'd look at that and I say, God, give me power. We will do this. And it's it truly has given me some power. Like I'm like, all right, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop giving excuses. Stop being weak about it, and like actually, truly get it done. Absolutely, I think it's because a lot of people have a difficult time um, having a true vision on their struggles, and like in comparison to what God is doing and who God is we like see our struggles and we see them as like these huge mountains and to God, it's literally like a pebble underneath his foot. Like it is nothing. And so we just have like these horrible perspectives on our struggles and think that it's like the end of the world or something's got to change. And it's like compared to what God is doing and what like Jesus went through for us on the, on the cross, it's like nothing. And we just have to put our struggles in the correct perspective. Yeah. I, one thing that I've told myself and I've told just like in general and just people, I tell them, and it's, it's not even as much religious, but like we have privilege problems. And that's what I say. Like we have these things, I call it privilege problems because I've had a very much of a past where like I've seen a lot of people like have really bad past and like they, they, a story that I've told on this podcast before and probably many a times to a lot of people. My mom was homeless at times, so she told me this story. Mm-hmm. She said she got this this little girl, a Barbie doll, right? And this girl opened that Barbie doll for Christmas and she said that was the number one thing. She like she didn't need anything else. She looked at that Barbie doll like she loved it. Like that was that's all yeah. she needed. And for us, it's like we could go buy a Barbie doll right now or we could buy like these little things like on the side for like $10, $15 and we'd be like, okay, be fine with it for a couple hours and just be fine. And I think that's something that is that is what I look at. I'm like, what are my problems right now? Are they privileged? Like how privileged am I to have these problems? Just to say like, oh, my car broke down or like just to say, oh, my friend isn't or my boyfriend. Like just to think that I God's given me the opportunity to have that is truly amazing to me. So why am I complaining about it? I need to find that appreciation. And that's what I look at is to look at that story and say that little girl that like most girls around or kids or even kids our age are getting tens of twenties of presents. And that little girl only needs one. And she's probably more happy than we are, more joyful than we are. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have to realize, I think, is that appreciation factor for what God has given us, for the ability that God has given us for me. I look where I would could have been, and I don't know if you know my story too well, which I'll t- I might tell you after, but I look where I could have been and where I should have been, and I 
That's why I don't complain. That's why I had that faith in God. I say, God, you got me out of these times. God, you get, you got me to where I am now. So why am I complaining about my computer having problems? Or why yeah. am I complaining about this not going the right way? Or my job going there? Like, I have a job. And I think that's something we have to realize is like, how many of your problems are like privileged? And like, God has like blessed you beyond belief just to have those problems. And like you were saying, he will fix those. And in God's eyes, they're like pebbles. They're just the smallest little things. So we shouldn't, we got to stop stressing out about the little problems that, that God is going to be like, just snapping. He's going to be like, all right, they're done. And I think we got to realize on the bigger problems in life. Yep. Absolutely. Also think it's like a believer and stuff. It's easy to get the proper perspective on how to deal with those things because we understand that whether we have nothing or everything, God is still good. If we lose anything, God is still good. My value, if I wake up tomorrow and I'm no longer a Division One golfer and my TikTok account got banned and I was homeless and all these different things, God is still enough. And, you know, it's scary to say those things, you know, because Lord willing, that doesn't happen. But, you know, it's it's like no matter what my circumstances are, God is still good. Even if the situations in my life are uncontrollables, I know playing golf has really helped me realize that I can't worry about the uncontrollables in life. Um, and a lot of people stress themselves out by, you know, focusing on things that they can't control because they like to be in control. I could hit the golf ball 300 yards, stripe it right down the middle of the fairway, get a horrible kick and end up in water. Mm-hmm. I can't control the bounce. I did everything I could control. I did the swing. I hit it. The ball went where I meant to hit it. It just got a horrible kick and went in the water. But I can't worry about that because there's nothing I can do to control it. Just let the uncontrollables go. Give it to God. Do everything that you can do. Serve him in the now. Do everything that he's called you to do. Stay focused on what you can. Let him control what you can't. Like Just trust that God's going to do that. And, you know, God's going to take care of everything. Exactly. I think that something that everyone that we need to learn in general is learn how to live in the present. I think a lot of people live in the past, in the future. What am I going to do? Look at this person has done. And like you said, you just have to let God do his thing. You can only do what you have to do in the present. Like you said, take that swing. I can't control where the ball is going to go. I can't control mm-hmm. what my future is going to look like. Yes, can I do certain things that like maybe start a podcast like I am that I can help my future and what God wants to do with me, but I can't control how many people this gets out to or, you know, that's all on God. So I'm going to do my thing in the present and like you said, swing the golf club and I'm just going to do what I know is my ability and my I'm capable of and I'm going to let God do the rest. Yep. And you'll realize is there's a lot less stress. If you just do what you're capable of and you're and what God has given you the strength to do, then you will be a lot less stressful and a lot you'll just have a lot more appreciation and you will I, I feel like for me I have less anxiety or like I don't I rarely stress about stuff yeah. whenever I just live in the present and say, what can I do right now for God or like what what can I do to share the gospel or what can I just do right now in my ability to better myself? So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think another factor that goes into it is having confidence in God. Um, The way that confidence was defined for me as like an athlete is not believing that the correct outcome will come, but even if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, you'll still be okay. 
And I think we need that perspective and confidence and faith in God that even if the outcome isn't the way we want it, we're still going to be okay. Um, and it's just something that we as believers should have that perspective on with God. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to wrap it up here, but is there anything else like you would like to just like say to someone or like, you know, like speak to my audience and like say, what is your last little message? Absolutely. So my favorite verse is Luke nine twenty three. It says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It doesn't matter if you know of God or about God. It doesn't matter if you have the whole entire Bible memorized, if you don't know him. And there is a huge difference. And so just as a believer, if you believe in God, you have to stop living for yourself. You have to have that servant mentality of living for him every single day. Instead of living for yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. I hope you guys did enjoy. This has been a great episode of Mr. Alan Stokes. Yes, if you guys uh, want to go follow his TikTok, what is uh, you can quick plug real quick. My TikTok is uh, Alan.Stokes. Pretty simple. Pretty yep. self-explanatory. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. I hope you guys did enjoy. And like I said with every episode, make it your mission this week to go out and lift someone up through God, just through happiness, whatever it is. Make someone's day better. Be that light in someone's world. And yeah, just go make someone's day better. And I hope you guys did enjoy. And this has been a great episode. Thank you, Alan, for coming on. And no problem. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Of course. And we'll see you guys later.